Welcome to the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast, your source for all things sports nutrition. In episode six, we are covering supplements. And I'm wondering if you know everything you need to know about supplements. So you're going to want to tune into this one because we're going to cover fundamentals, essentials, and those need-to-know items that a lot of athletes actually don't know. So put your learning hats on, get your ears and eyes open, and enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast. My name is Bob Sibahar with my co-host and good friend, Dina Griffin. Happy 2022. We are in the new year. And of course, nutritionally, there are a ton of questions. There's New Year's resolutions, there's changes, there's foods, there's supplements. So today, Dina and I are just going to chit chat a little bit about supplements and really setting the stage for the why behind the supplements. We're not going to get into specific supplements and, and talk about their usage or not using them for that matter. We are going to highlight a few throughout this year and talk about some that, that we really believe in, in terms of the research and the efficacy. But today we're just going to kind of float in and, and give you kind of that 20, 30,000, 30,000 foot view on our views and with supplements and really just looking at are they necessary? Are they applicable? Are they safe even, right? Because there's all these things that athletes that you guys and girls are looking for in supplements, maybe not even looking for in supplements, but it's a literally multi-billion dollar industry that is running rampant. And I will say that because in all my years in sport nutrition, you know, I remember back in the days when I started and I always have these back in the days story, right? But I remember we were really only talking about multivitamins. Maybe it was creatine because creatine was getting a lot of press back then if, if I'm dating myself too much. But nowadays, I mean, Dina, we are flooded, like literally flooded with supplements. Some of them I have, I've literally never heard of like an athlete mm -hmm. will come to me and said, what about X, Y, Z? And I'm like, I have no idea. I've never heard of that. I need to do a little bit of research first. You mean like the duck feather from the country we've never heard of? That exactly. Kind of thing? Right. Yeah. 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 From the bottom of the sea, this and that. And yeah, we just, I know wow. Bob, it's true. The multi-billion dollar industry that you meant like that speaks to this whole rampant and it's so prevalent, um, deserves our attention for sure. I feel like every time I look at the statistics and the number, like how much, how many billion dollars, which I even have trouble imagining what that is, oh. like what is a billion, but it's yeah. like an exponential growth in this industry. Um, yes. which is kind of scary. I mean, there are a lot of people selling supplements that mm. don't know what they're doing or right. have the education to, um, practice safety and things like this. So I think it's really right. important that we're setting the stage before we go into any specifics later on in our episodes. Absolutely. And I, and I think for our listeners, you know, remember, remember these few things when you're looking at a supplement, First and foremost, you want to make sure it's safe, right? Absolutely, hands down. We'll be talking a little bit about this. So, is it safe uh, for our collegiate, professional, Olympic athletes listening to this? Is it <laughs> is it legal, right? Are there substances in there that are, could be banned? Could it elicit a positive drug test? Is it on the WADA or the USADA list of banned substances? So, definitely safety, uh, definitely legality. 
And then, you know, efficacy, I think is a really good one. So I, I know a lot of athletes, you know, that take supplements, but they don't really know why they take supplements. Mm -hmm. It's more for like that insurance policy, but they don't know why. So, and, and I think, so we've got safety, we've got legality, we've got efficacy. And the last one that I like to look at is cost. Like what is that ROI return on investment cost to benefit ratio? And so those are, those are the few, you know, if we kind of set the scene, remember those four topics within kind of looking at a supplement or classifying a supplement before you're even going down the road of going into your supplement store, going online and, oh my gosh, Dina, I mean, every, every supplement company I seem to peruse online, even I, I get in it. Like I could probably spend days on their website because there are so many. Mm-hmm. I think we should start with why Bob In fact, I would say one good thing or task everyone could do after I say this next sentence and you can pause the recording and go do this, like go to your supplement stash in your house or the cabinet, wherever you're keeping your supplements and pull all of those things out, like literally on the table Mm -hmm. and and then look at each one and simply ask yourself, why am I taking this for what reason, right? The efficacy or what are the beliefs around this supplement? So, Mm -hmm. you know, you can go pause and go do that, come back. That's per- I think that's a really good starter for sure. And, and, and maybe let's just, let's just note to all of our listeners, we are not anti-supplement. I know both you and I take no, supplements, right? So means, yeah. there's, there's a time and a place. Absolutely. But we have to kind of look back and like, it, again, it, it is the why, like what's going is, are we taking this because a friend told me because my trainer, because my dietitian, uh, whomever is it, is it the internet, which obviously we know a lot of us get information from the internet these days, Dr. But, Google. You know, Dr. Google, right? Shockingly, a lot of the information we have on the internet is not correct. Like, let's just throw that out there right now, right? So we have to find those reputable sources for sure. But, you know, I've actually seen, this is the newest wave that I've seen, Dina, with the athletes I work with. They're listening to other podcasts or looking at webinars or YouTube or whatever it is. And that we'll call it professionals. Uh, if they are, if they're not, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a topic of discussion there, but they may be recommending this, you know, newest supplement. And all of a sudden these athletes are like, yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to start taking that, but they're yeah. not looking at the efficacy, the legality, the state, right. It's just like, Oh, so-and-so like, if it's, if it's like you and I saying here, okay, listeners, this is the supplement you need to take this year. You ready? I'm not going to tell you because it doesn't exist, right? We there are so many. I was on the edge of my seat, Bob. I got you, didn't I? I got you. All (laughs) our listeners like, oh my gosh, Bob's going to tell us what to take. I can't. I really can't because it's it's not right for me to do that because I don't know you, right? And and we don't know your biomarkers and your genetic history and your medical history and kind of what your need and your age and your gender, right? There's so many things that go into supplement usage and the why behind it that we just can't depend on listening to someone and right there off the shelf, I'm going to get something. Bob, just this week, I was listening to a podcast and this woman, uh, and I'm not dissing anyone, but it's to a case in point, right? This woman who is a trainer and works with women 
She had a list of six supplements that every woman should be taking. And that was the gist of the podcast. And I almost flipped my lid because a few of those, you know, have some contraindications need to be dosed properly. Really, there should be a nutrition assessment or dietary assessment done before we just blind supplement. Anyway, you know, just... Uh, yeah, I start needing extra deodorant when I'm hearing some of these <laughs> podcasters or other leaders um, just, you know, make these blanket recommendations. And, Absolutely. you know, the other thing that bugs me um, for people just keeping in mind is, I mean, right or wrong, uh, sometimes these individuals are also making some cash from the mm-hmm. sales of these supplements. And so great point. What's the motivation to suggest those supplements? Maybe it's just to help them pay their bills or whatever else, but those are things to keep on our radar. Nonetheless, coming back to that why and you know what was the drive to start a particular supplement? Mm-hmm. And if we are still taking that supplement that someone told us to take three years ago, you know, that can actually warrant a re- assessment and really figuring out if it's appropriate or needed, especially if you've made dietary changes or something's changed with your training or your health, these things, not unlike many other things need to be checked on routinely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think another popular reason is because, and and I, you know, I got this 20 years ago and I still get it today. Athletes say, well, I don't eat blank, 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 or I don't eat enough fruits and veggies or whatever it is. And, and, and you have to, in, in, listen, nobody eats enough of what they should eat. Let's just put that out there right now. Like we know that, right? But we shouldn't use a pill powder or potion to try to fill in the nutrient density that we might be losing in our nutrition plan. Now, supplements are are just that. They supplement a regular daily nutrition plan to augment things, to maybe apply some, some more nutrients for deficiency states, what, whatever it may be. But I try not to, not to get in that game of, of, you know, telling athletes that you have to take this because you don't eat fruit or whatever it is. Right. I mean, out are the days where we're trying to just use a supplement, uh, for, for like a stopgap, right. 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 And like it has, we're missing out on what we refer, refer to now as the food matrix, mm-hmm. because if we're getting something in that pill powder potion form, we're missing the synergy between foods or of that food itself, all of those other properties, which I guarantee you will be a future podcast as well, oh, talking absolutely. about the food matrix, but we can't, we can't cover our bases entirely from that pill or powder. Um, and so being mindful, trying to, trying to rely on that supplement to ensure good health, we, we just need to be really cautious about that. Yeah. And there's still some supplement. Well, there's still, there's always supplements out there that we don't really know if it does what it reports to do. Like there, mm-hmm. I've seen these new supplements out there and, and research is, I mean, even the research says we know it does this, but we're not quite sure about that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still researching, we're still looking into that. So at that point, you're, you're scratching your head, like, well, is it even worth taking it now then if we don't have all those answers? I mean, right. that's really something, something to think about. And Bob, I'm amazed at some of the supplements. If you get into looking at the research behind them, first of all, is there any, mm-hmm. but some of the research that's been done on animal models, mm, right. Yes. And it's been two studies that were done in 1972, you yeah. know, it's like, Oh yeah. no, yeah. I'm not sure. And by the way, it cost me $80 for this thing. So right. uh, gosh, there are a lot 
of things here that we need to think about when it comes to supplementation. Well, isn't that, I mean, it's, it's very confusing for consumers and athletes. We know that it's even consuming for us. And this is, this is our job, right? And it's, I I will say it's very tough for me to keep up on all the supplements and the research because it is, it's such an ever-changing aspect of the nutrition field. Uh, Supplementation itself, supplements itself in our field is just an enormous, enormous subset of nutrition. It's just like mm-hmm. a monster, right? Yeah. And I, I guess before we go on any, any more, let's maybe, you know, cause we kind of classify something when you talk about supplements, you know, when an athlete says, Bob, should I take a supplement? I don't, I want to classify that. I want to, I want to, I don't know what they're really talking about. Yeah. So let's just put it out there that, that we like to kind of classify supplements into roughly three categories, right? The first one is micronutrients. So these can be your vitamins, your minerals, your omega-3 fats, your, maybe your probiotics, your adaptogens. Uh, those, those are more micronutrient based. So that's category one. Category two is sports supplements. So these mm-hmm. are your energy bars, drinks, nuggets, juice, yeah. everything that basically athletes are flooded with these days on the shelves, right? Yeah. You, you go into the grocery store, literally, Dean, I went this morning and there was an entire aisle with sport nutrition products from yep. drinks to bars, to cookies. I mean, yes, sport cookies, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's overwhelming, isn't it? Yeah, it is more oh of those engineered products, exactly. even if it right. contains whole foods, you know, it's been yep. formulated and engineered to serve a purpose. Right, right. Yeah. And then the last category is ergogenic aids. And this is perhaps the most confusing one, right? The, and, and there are, I mean, they're all pretty confusing, but this one, ergogenic aids, ergogenic itself means performance enhancing. So these are supplements that specifically aim to improve performance. So these are things like creatine, beta alanine, sodium bicarbonate, uh, nitrates that we see, you know, we talk about beets all the time with nitrates and, and caffeine. So those are kind of popular ones that we try to emphasize because there is good research on it. But here's the thing. We don't know if it's going to work for every person, like you said, right? And in every right. sport, for that matter, like it may not make sense for this person in this sport to take take an ergogenic aid. And we'll we'll definitely highlight some of our uh, not only favorite supplements, but the ones that are safe and legal and efficacious. A little bit later in this year, as we 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 pick apart these supplements in in separate podcasts episodes. Totally. Yeah. So I think that is a really good point that we're making here is what supplement are we talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, because there's the why and do I need question, but then what does that mean for a next step? And so that mm-hmm. could be that dietary supplement, or if we're talking more athletic, perhaps not just specific to health, which we mm-hmm. know can influence performance, but those sport products or engineered products and the ergogenic aids, huge pool that we have to choose from and understanding, uh, dosing context. And like you mentioned, Bob, the safety and legality and banned substances and, and all of those elements. And is it appropriate or will it do what we think? Exactly. And, and even down the, you know, will it do what we think perhaps, right? Maybe it does have good research, but do we need it? Right. So how do we know if we need it? It, it, it kind of goes back to the whole biomarker testing that you and I are just really, really on board with and support hundred percent is we need to do some metric testing with ourselves, our N of one individual first to maybe look at our deficiencies or 
I mean, I've seen a lot of nutrients outside, like in the high category, right? So in, in athletes, you know, taking those supplements. So that's kind of a good direction of saying, guess what? We don't, we don't need you to take that supplement if it's very high, right? But mm -hmm. that kind of highlights the let's, let's pop the hood. Let's do some biomarker blood work testing and let's see where you're at first before you start, start to spend really like a good amount of money these days on supplements. Like some supplements are fairly inexpensive, but most of them, Dina, are I mean, they're going to, they're going to break the bank for some people. Yeah. You can drop a lot of cash and maybe Absolutely. it's a waste of money. Yeah, so it's something yeah. to be mindful of. I'm, I think right. the number of athletes that I've seen that do start supplements without understanding, or just like, yeah, I heard this was good for me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's also a case of more is not better sometimes. So even if we are getting food sources of a particular nutrient, um, but we think we need more because more will mm -hmm. help us protect immune health or bone density. It's not always the case. Right. And along those lines is the form of the supplement can be one that's not even absorbed very well. So I guess that's kind mm -hmm. of a separate arm of the discussion, but right. we can Absolutely. overdo certain supplements and in essence, you know, potentially get to a toxic level or waste mm. some money. Mm -hmm. But then there's also investing the cash in a supplement and then realizing, oh, I'm only absorbing 20% of this daily right. dose. Well, and, and you hear this a lot as, as I do too, but it's, it's spending a hundred dollars on supplements a month. And we're not, again, we're not anti-supplements at all. We're the, you know, kind of pro decision. How does, how do we make that decision-making process? How do we go through that decision-making process? But if I'm going to spend a hundred dollars a month on supplements, as an example, is that hundred dollars going to offset what I can actually use at the grocery store for real foods? Right. So there, there is that argument too. And I see a lot of athletes going down that route and saying, well, you know, fruits and veggies get, they, they go bad pretty quickly. So I'm just going to take a multi. So I don't have to buy those and have to worry about those. Right. So I still see that, uh, that mindset happening quite often. For sure. Yeah, that's valid. And I think yeah. keeping in mind, Two, not all supplements are the same. I mean, mm -hmm. some of these points here tie to earlier points we've made, but keeping in mind, um, there can be a safety issue or the quality control or the processes that that particular distributor or manufacturer follows. Um, I mean, there are, you know, the standards that are set forth and that mm -hmm. need to be abided by, but not all supplement companies get third-party testing or independent yeah. certification. And so if we're just randomly buying, you know, whatever that we think we need yeah. um, and we are a high performer, I mean, right. we can risk uh, getting some contaminated ingredients mm -hmm. or substances that don't belong in that supplement. Yeah. You know, that's, it's, it's a good point to make and to kind of stay on for a few minutes where in, in our work with athletes, you know, and in, in, in I do work with a lot of collegiate athletes too, and, and even Olympic and professional who are getting drug tested, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're an athlete who gets drug tested, every supplement you put in your body, it has to be third parties uh, tested. It absolutely has to be. And there's two that we really look at. One is NSF certification and the other yeah. is informed choice, right? Yeah. Uh, I find mostly in the States, NSF and at the collegiate level, professional level, most, most athletes are looking for NSF. Um, but those are the two that you really want to emphasize. But, but here's my thing, Dina, <clears throat> I was just thinking about this last week. I was thinking, okay, if a supplement, if you and I come up with the Bob and Dina supplement 
and we're going to submit our samples, our supplement to NSF, and we're going to pay tens of thousands of dollars. So listeners, it takes a lot of money for these supplement companies to go have it third-party tested. So that should tell you something right away. Uh, about the the way they work and, and and what they're doing in the industry. So if we take our supplement and we go to NSF and say, we want this third-party tested, we want to make sure that what's in it is in it. There are no illegal substances, banned substances. We're utilizing all those resources from time to money, you name it. This is what I was thinking about last week. I was thinking, well, does it is it is that just for an athlete who could get drug tested? I, I think not. Right. So I've been That's actually true. changing my mind. So even with myself, I am not an Olympic athlete, a collegiate athlete. Like I don't get drug tested, but most of the supplements that I embark on for myself and for my family, I am looking for that third party supplement or third party certification because I want to make sure there are no tainted substances in there. So I've actually kind of changed the way I look at supplements where I'm looking almost hundred percent for supplements that are NSF or informed choice certified. Exactly. It's worth, it's worth that extra step for sure. Yep. Yep. And it'll um, cost a few extra bucks, but definitely worth knowing that you're not putting any tainted or, or, you know, just bad substances in your body. Like we don't, some of us, you know, again, not collegiate Olympic or professional, some of us, we don't care about the whole uh, legality because we don't have to, but we do care about what's going in our body. Mm -hmm, for sure. Right. So yeah, looking for that NSF for sport stamp or certified mm -hmm. for sport um, in logo or informed choice or inform, I guess it's informed sport. Is that right? Bob? Informed choice. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And there are a couple great apps that are free also where, you know, even if you're at your supplement store or your, your health food store, or wherever your, your, um, you know, sports store, there are apps that you can install, um, like the NSF group, they have one certified mm -hmm. for sport. That's one I use most, but you can actually scan the barcode of the product if you're not finding it in the database and it can then pop up the information. So you've got that info real time to tell you more details and just be assured, you know, it's, it might be a good purchase for you if you're going that way. Absolutely. And you can like, here's what I'll say to most companies who go through that third-party testing will that they're allowed to use that logo, that stamp of approval on their labels. Mm -hmm. I would say nine times out of 10, every single supplement company that does that will have the logo on their label every so right. often they don't, but they're paying good money to do that. So they're going to use that. So normally we can just kind of trust looking on the label for that NSF or for the informed choice informed sport logo and, and, and you'll be okay. Right. But yeah. to your point, there are these great databases and apps that you can just look it up. You can even just look up a category, right? If I want to look right. up creatine, like what, then it'll come up with all the ones that have been tested by whichever yeah. companies have submitted for testing. Still though, Bob. Okay. You can still, and I just looked yesterday at, what was I looking at? I think it was amino acids or mm -hmm. one of those categories on one. I think it was the NSF websites. Mm -hmm. And so what I wanted to say here is just because it's certified and has that third-party independent testing and stamp, it doesn't mean that you should take it or that there are other ingredients that in that product that may not suit you or may suit yes. you. What I mean to say is just because it has the stamp doesn't mean it's the thing that you should take period. Right. right. 
Yeah, because you do have to look at the inter- other interactions and because again, biology is a little more complex, right? Right. And all these things that are how they're interacting with the body and the different cellular processes. Right, right. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, another thing is, is some supplements you actually don't have to take every day throughout the year, right? So we actually want to look at the periodization of supplements. So we want to look at the, like if you're using ergogenic aids, if you're using creatine or beta alanine or sodium bicarbonate or something like that, like there's a certain time and place for those if you're looking for that competitive advantage. Now, obviously some supplements we can take year round also, but mm-hmm. we also have to delineate how are we using them and when are we using them? For sure. And even on the micronutrient level, if we're talking about vitamin D, mm-hmm. maybe iron, uh, you know, maybe it is antioxidants or something like this, that can still be periodized within a season um, or to support health throughout a season. So these, yes. that's this beautiful aspect of periodization is keeping in mind mm-hmm. context and then adapting use of supplementation to match what it is we need. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. And that's, you know, I, I actually do that with some of the athletes and teams that I work with is, and you mentioned vitamin D that's, that's a low hanging fruit one, right? So easy to get vitamin D tested and such a cheap blood work test. I mean, it really is cheap it to is. have that done. And, and I do the same exact thing. So based on the level, and I look at obviously their nutrition plan and other biomarkers, but I will, I will supplement based on what we see, but also if they're an indoor outdoor athlete, uh, what we see on the, on the, on the lab result, right. But also if they're indoor outdoor athlete, what time of the year, so what season they're in and, you know, if they're coming into summer, if they're going to spend a lot of time outside or not. So there's so many great things we can do with, with the periodization of supplements, but here's the thing too. It kind of comes back to a lot of these, we actually do need need some blood work or biomarker data first, because I always tell athletes, because again, you probably get this question too, Dina. Well, how much vitamin D should I take? How much iron should I take? And I always say, I don't know, right? I don't know until I see how much your body actually, or how your body is processing and how much you have stored in it, because then we can determine, you know, from an intelligent standpoint, what that dosing should be. Cause right. here's the thing. We don't want to underdose and we don't want to overdose supplements. Like it, it's kind of like the Goldilocks and three bears. We want it to be just right for you. Right. And that goes yeah. also to that return on investment no, uh, so that we're not, yeah, we're not, you know, investing a lot of money into the supplements when the blood work is showing, actually we're at a pretty good optimal level, mm-hmm. you know, and we can take that down and, and maybe put some of that money we would spend on supplements towards food right now. Yes. And that serves you best. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's funny because I've actually taken athletes off of supplementation strategies because of their, their lab work, you know, their continued post-testing lab work. And it's funny sometimes, because if an athlete is, I don't know, back to this vitamin D story, if, if an athlete is on that for a few months, they're so used to it now, it's part of their behavior that if you ask them to, to stop it, sometimes they're like, do I have to, you know, because it's just, it's part of their routine now, but here's the thing, guys and girls, you know, it is very, very important to periodize your supplements based on your lab results also. Right. So that's, I think, uh, you know, a kind of a, a gleaming message here is making sure you're having the, the frequent testing. So maybe you can decrease your, your, your level of, or, or I'm sorry, your, your dose of vitamin D, uh, which in, in the long run, just like you're saying, Dina, it saves you money. You can put more money towards food or you can save it or whatever you want to do. But, you know, there are, there's a time and a place for supplement. We totally believe in that, but we also believe that we have to take a peek inside the body before we start recommending most, most of these supplements. For sure. 
Gosh, well, I know we're going to be going into many of these, Bob, we might have to do like a, um, what do you call that? The, this test I'm showing you on the screen, a bicep. We're going to have to compete for our bicep. Oh, arm wrestling. Arm wrestling. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) We're going to do a virtual arm wrestling. I know to to decide what supplement we're going to review next, because there's so many good ones and ones. Yeah. That I'm passionate about as well. Like which one are we going to delve into next? So, uh, but this is good to set the stage things to be. It is. It is. And I think for listeners, it does like, it gets your mind going a little bit like, okay, this, these are things I do need to think about first, Um, you know, wait for some of our future episodes when we really highlight some of these more efficacious supplements that maybe could be a good idea in your program. And I say, maybe, you know, we're not going to be that person that has our top five supplements that you have to take and here's your link and right. right, But we're going to, we're going to present you with what we know from research and what's going on in the field, what's going on in real life. And here are some dosing strategies that we've seen and and what we've learned from research. So I think it's really important to kind of keep an eye on, uh, you know, what, what you're doing from a training perspective and what type of athlete you are, but also keep, keep in tune with us because we are really going to do a, a big dive into a few of these in 2022. And listeners, let us know what supplement questions you have. Uh, you can send us an email at hello at insidesportsnutrition.com. So if you've got a supplement question or something related to what we've been talking about here, or just a general question about sports nutrition, we will take your question and roll it into a future episode. Fantastic. Thank you everyone for listening to this Inside Sport Nutrition podcast. We wish you the best and stay tuned for some great future episodes specifically on certain supplements. All right, Bob, thank you. And we'll see y'all next time. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Inside Sports Nutrition podcast. We hope you learn some things about supplements, and we set the stage for you for our future episodes where we most certainly will be delving into specific kinds of supplements, things to know, things to keep your eyes on, benefits, cautions, and so forth. In episode seven coming up next week, we have a special guest. So we're doing a huddle episode with our friend Amanda Archibald who's a registered dietitian and founder of the Genomic Kitchen. So did you know the way in which you cook your food, prepare your food, the selection of your foods, choices, and so forth, influence activity of your genes? Uh, So this is the field of nutrigenomics that we will be delving into in our first segment with Amanda It's pretty cool to think about how food influences our genes and then therefore can affect our health, potentially our performance as well. So that's coming up in episode seven. Thank you again so much for your support. We'd love for you to go over to your podcast platform and make sure you've subscribed. Give us a rating and a review. Make sure to share it with your friends on social Instagram, we're at ISN Podcast. So we'd love a follow from you and to interact with you over there. So thank you so much for that. It helps us grow and share our content with other listeners around the world. If you'd like more information about the services we offer, including individual and team nutrition coaching, physiological and biomarker testing, 
reach out to Bob at energyperformance.com. That's E-N-R-G performance.com. Or myself, Dina, over at nutritionmechanic.com. And we so appreciate you and your listenership. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests involved and do not represent a replacement for medical consultation with your doctor. The information and opinions provided here are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or medical condition. This podcast is for information, education, and entertainment purposes only.